Welcome to the podcast will not be televised. Hello, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, if this is your first time, welcome. If you've listened to the others, hello again, and thank you for tuning in and, and supporting this uh, this new little project. Um, today we are talking to the lovely Hayden Ward Streeter. Um, he's a good friend of ours and an all-round creative guy. Basically, he's um, he's a photographer based in Bristol primarily, and um, has a mentorship with Darwin Magazine. He also has his own business with his partner Molly called Groovebox, which is a bit of a lockdown project, but it seems to have taken off, and they're doing some cool bits with that. So we'll talk about that. Um, we brush over the fact that he uh, cycled to New Zealand from the UK. It took them three years, but um, we're going to get them both on and talk about that project and that trip in particular. Cycle for Love, they're called, and they did it all for help refugees, which is it's an amazing, amazing thing they did there. But that's why I want to get them on and talk about that in particular. Um, but we talk about what keeps Hayden creative, what keeps him ticking, and um, yeah find out a little bit about him so enjoy thank you so happy days today we have hayden ward street with us how you doing dude i'm good man i'm good how are you yeah hi good hayden thanks, hi yeah uh... <laughs> thanks very much for coming uh and having a chat with us mate that's all right that's all right it's nice to see your face nice to see your face i hear man. your voice <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, we've um we want to we want to know 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 all about you, man. We uh, Hayden's a photographer, and you've also well, mate. Actually, I let I'll let you introduce yourself. What's your what's, what what you about, man? All right, so yeah, I'm a I'm a photographer, um, I guess, and also um, do a few other things as well. But yeah, photography is my main um, kind of interest, I should say. Um, yeah, that's what I graduated in. That's what I've always loved. Um, I've, I've dabbled in it, making sort of money in the past when I was younger, when I was a lot, when I was a, a lot younger with my dad. So it started off as I was quite, um, quite a young boy actually. So it's been in my life for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'll continue to do it now along with uh, other things, but yeah, it's a predominant big part of my life. And Absolutely. We'll talk about the other, th- we'll talk about the other things as well, man, for sure. Yeah. Um, but with the photography, was there, um, was there like a clear, like start when did, how, you say from a really young boy was there like a clear moment where you thought well, actually this is something I'm really into sort of thing yeah um I'd probably say I just had a really cracking teacher when I was at school I think um she was just brilliant um at really engaging engaging the kids and you know the people's uh just just basically really took a shot took a liking to her and the subject um she sort of did it really well and sort of I think it was the fact that I had like access to things like a dark room and all those creative things that I just was completely fascinated with um so I kind of I guess I guess my love for it started there really but also my dad and my granddad have always been into photography like my granddad had a had a dark room that he'd made himself in his in his loft upstairs which is pretty pretty funny sweet um remembering that as a kid how far is back it... did your uh, your grandfather's interest in photography go? Like, when did he start taking pictures? Because that must be just from viewpoint of your family's archive of photographs must be interesting. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I think my, my dad's been pretty rubbish at, at keeping on the family. <laughs> Therefore, I'm pretty rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I know that he's my so my granddad sort of worked for local newspapers and um, he sort of did modeling stuff like he had a studio in his house that he would sort of have models over and do shoots for for certain uh, like magazines I think and then develop them himself um, so yeah I guess from a young age my, my from my granddad's sort of younger age he's been into it as well so it'd be interesting to discover like how far back it goes but yeah yeah it's definitely been passed down which is interesting what, what would you say your like your style is because obviously we'll talk about back it get into it later but you did cycle halfway across the world um and for, for well over the project cycle for love uh raising money and awareness for help refugees etc so i was i was wondering obviously you did a lot of, like documentive and like if that's the right word and for like portrait stuff there is that is that your style or do you have is it just something that happened to be the style because of the circumstances was yeah i mean um that's an interesting question i think i've always liked the documentary style aesthetic um mm. that that kind of interaction that you have with people on the street um, and asking people portraits is something that i've always felt like is one of the biggest challenges in photography is um yeah. putting yourself <laughs> out there and kind of um you know, asking people for their photograph is, is a really weird thing to do and, and to put your vulnerability out there, I think it's quite like interesting thing. So I guess that element of, of it has always been a challenge for me, but then obviously, like you said, being on the road cycling, um, you can, it kind of inevitably falls into that category because there's, there's so much stimulating things happening day to day when you're cycling that you just want to kind of capture it all and um, absolutely a kind of bit of a story through, through it really, through photography. Absolutely. And you must come across so many different types of people. And like a photo can say so much. I mean, it's just like a little snippet of their life, isn't it? You, you can say so, t tell so much from just like the environment they're in and the, the this communities they're in just from a photograph. And it seems like um, you did quite a lot of that. Yeah, I think um, yeah, it's, you're right. It's kind of building that relationship with someone, even if it is just quite brief or if it's um, a bit more longstanding, you know? Like if yeah. we're staying somewhere for any long period of time or... Or if you're just meeting someone on the side of the street and you just, um, even if you can't speak the same language, um, you kind of want to convey your, I don't know, humbleness for sort of whether they've stopped to give you some food or whether they've kind of, you're asking for directions or yeah. you know, whatever it is, you have an interaction with them on the road. It's, um, it's something we all do day to day, but to just sort of be able to have, do the honourable thing and kind of like asking for a portrait or something is and yeah, yeah. it's quite an interesting thing to do and um, yeah it's been part of what's well, that sort of a learning curve of doing cycling is kind of developing that element of my sculpture yeah mm. and with the, so there wasn't really a method to the to the uh, the photography when you're on your trip it was you were very much doing the trip to raise awareness and money for the charity but it, the photography came hand in hand with that or was there what did you go out there with kind of a plan to to document you know the you know, you know what i'm trying to say was there a yeah yeah um yeah that's a, that's a good question i think i think i didn't necessarily have a sort of big overarching kind of project plan i think the intention was always to kind of set off and take my camera and kind of build on what happened along the way because um, yeah. I was, I was, I had, I, I did a cycle trip when I went into back 2014 with one of my friends, um, and we went off around France and Italy, and we actually, we actually followed a, horse, a woman on a horse and cart, and it was my mate's cousin, and she was doing a, a sort of a big pilgrimage from northern France down to Rome on the horse and cart to raise money for outsiders, 
and right. I took my camera at that time and that was the first time that I took my camera doing any kind of like travel related photography so I think that that kind of initial idea sparked from that and I kind of had an idea in the back of my head of how I wanted to maybe approach the cycle for love projects yeah. through, through doing that last one so I kind of yeah. had an idea of how I wanted to sort of do it I guess a little bit how loose I wanted to leave it as well yeah I, I mean you're both of... quite lucky really Sorry, will you crack on? No, I just kind of feel like I need more explanation about about the lady with the horse and cart because that's not a like you said that just like oh yeah we were just following a lady on a horse and cart who happened to be doing a thing from like that's just a thing that that happens every day. <laughs> yeah, so the project started out by my my friend. Um, his so it's his auntie is really right. into horses into horses, um, and and she'd always wanted to do a big trip with the horses so she eventually just managed to sort of muster up the courage to sort of plan this bit of an epic trip that was ended up being six weeks and it took her from northern france in a place called reims or Rance, oh right yeah yeah um down to rome and um yeah with she had um two uh, three three horses with her and just a basically an open cart with a tent on the back Wow. And um, wow. yeah, and and so her her sister, which is my friend's mum, Lucy, she wanted to go along with her and cycle part of the way. And um, so my friend Ben got very excited by the fact that his mum wanted to do that, wanted to tag along. And then I ended up tagging along, sort of on the sort of precaution that I was going to be the photographer and he was going to be sort of the the filmmaker and we were going to make something from it and um so that's what we ended up doing basically <laughs> is tagging yeah, along so it's three cyclists three horses and sort of wow wow it sounds like the start of a joke it's quite good yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that. and so sorry that was from reams which like if by just off memory what's that like north northeast of paris yeah northeast of paris all the way to rome so what down over the alps through switzerland that way yeah, we so we went to right down France, past Lyon, and then we crossed oh, the okay. Ball. Right, so that, that makes more I, sense because that would have been the flattest route. Yeah, get, getting horses through Switzerland and over over the Alps would have been horrendous. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's stress. Come on, I think boy. it's stressful enough looking after three horses um, with a tent, and you know, I. So a bit of background information: I live on uh, a horse livery yard. So I live on a farm. So, and it's stressful enough just looking after the horses <laughs> on the farm here, let alone taking three horses and three people in a tent across France into Italy. Like, that must have been a hell of a challenge. Yeah, right. Especially, especially when there's people taking photos of you. You've got to make sure you're looking after them right and all that. Like, <laughs> why is the RSPCA will be right? <laughs> so how, how far is that? That's like, what, 1,500 kilometres? Something like that? I think it was... Oh, Hang on, I'm going to get it up on a thing. I think it was about six. No. No, it's more than that. I've just pulled it up on a map. It's it's 1,500 kilometres uh, via Leon. From Reims via Leon is 1,500 wow. kilometres. That's probably, yeah, about 700 miles. Something six, 700 miles. If I hang on, no, that's probably not right. <laughs> that's probably a direct route. I think it ended up being about three thousand kilometres in total. That makes sense. That makes sense. Because I think that the thing is, is, is that we had to go on all the small roads because of we didn't, course. Yeah, you know, the motorways. Oh, so you're saying like six thousand? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because did you go there and back? 
Yeah, no. Just left the horses there. He's actually still there now, Will. <laughs> Live from Rome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so Hayden, when you when you do these trips and that, um, do you use the same gear that you, with camera wise, do you use the same gear that you do back in England to do your stuff here, or is it? What do you what, what do you use? What's your setup? Um, so, I mean, for the for that trip, for the trip we're talking about now with the horses, yeah, that, I took a, a film camera, medium format, um, Powerbell Machina, sort of like an old film camera that's sort of got bellows on it. It's an amazing camera. Um, so yeah, I took like a load of roll of film, about sort of 15, 20 rolls of film, and um, just had that and developed them when I got back, basically. But um, I was sort of a bit, a bit clever on this next trip, and I decided to go digital and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose when you're cycling to New, just just to reiterate, they they cycled from England to New Zealand. So this is a, and we'll get Molly as partner. She's a lovely lady. We'll get her on again at some point to talk about the trip, in particular. Um, but yeah, it was a, hef, a hefty bloody um, feat, mate. Um, so yeah, Thank kudos you. to you both for doing that, man. Absolutely, absolutely, awesome. yeah, and for absolutely such a worthy awesome. cause as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so yeah, for that, you use a digital camera. Um, and I suppose you were able to, did you take any film as well? As like, uh, did you video any of it? Or was it just solely photos? I did a lot of video, yeah. So the, yeah, the setup I had basically um, allowed me to shoot video and yeah. I, had, I also yeah. took some, some rolls of film on an old film camera. So I kind of had everything that would allow me to do what I wanted. And so yeah, yeah we've got, I've got like a three years worth of film that I still have to go through. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Is that how long it took? Three years? Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, give or take a month. Pretty much Fair. three years. I'll allow you a month in a three year N- thing. Wow. N- not, e- not even joking. They got back and a week later we locked down because of bloody the incident yeah. happened, didn't it? Are you serious? <laughs> Is that your story? Oh my God. That's incredible. <laughs> so literally you went from being the most free, like hair in the wind like living the dream existence to and now you're locked in a small flat in wherever i don't know if you've got a small flat that came across as really rude (laughs) a tent in rome yeah a tent in rome on a roundabout is that where you are no, you see the you see the bending in the background. Right? Yeah. So that's my bed. I hold it down. Genius. Small. Very practical guy. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so you, but yeah, you're in you're in Bristol now, right? Where I hit him. Uh, so at the moment, we're in, oh, I'm actually in Dorset currently. Right. Um, yeah. Because when this sort of third lockdown happened, uh, we happened to be here. Right. And um, due to sort of, yeah, Christmas. Just so as you know, Hayden, it's really important. This is this is really little rule that we have. We refer to everything in kind of pre-March, post-March, but whatever you do, we don't mention the incident. We all this know what co- it is. We don't need to <laughs> stick COVID. a flag in it. <laughs> he did we, it. He said we, the word. I actually did. I, I, I can't believe did. I did it. That's the Sorry. first time. I think that's can the first we... time. This is the third episode. Dave, can you can time. you bleep? Can you put a bleep on that, Dave? <laughs> I can bleep out. Yeah. I think we might need to because it just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so but I, you, I am you have moved to Bristol, haven't you, mate? So you're you you've, yeah. you're now kind of based there. Um, Lovely part of the world. Yeah. And, um, you you've um you've started work recently. I'm into shop with Darwin. Is that right? Tell us a bit about that. 
Yeah, so the, the mentorship um, is sort of a six-month program um, for photographers to sort of gain them or give them or help them access the photography industry. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's through, um, yeah, magazine Darwin, um, and they're sort of trying to um, transition into being more of an agency. So they're kind of taking on photographers to sort mm -hmm. of help um, guide them into the industry, I guess, and, you know, do portfolio reviews. Um, yeah. Kind of, we're get, we're, in the coming weeks, uh, we're going to be put in contact with uh, different artists and curators and um, people in the industry, basically, that can help guide us with certain things that we, you know, there's six of us on the mentorship. So each person needs their own tailored kind of mentor, basically, to help them with what they need. So it's amazing. Yeah. Six people were picked out of, uh, in the whole whole world. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah. So humble. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> he, he put a call out, and um, uh, so everyone, lots of people submitted work. Uh, I don't know how many, um, but he's so Harry that is running it has. Um, I've worked with him before on a, a previous magazine issue, um, so I've been posting things, and he's basically been following and said um, he suggested it to me and said uh, that I really like what you're doing, and we should chat about you being on the mentorship because um, you know your work needs more kind of um it's getting so let's work together sort of thing um but yeah it was it was a mixture of that and also um yeah the work that he believed in from different people that was what was being sent yeah. in that um he wanted so, to sort so of power, i guess and help people into that world yeah so does he give you a plat is he just do you get to choose what you want to do with regards to uh a theme so to speak of of so you could you could pick oh, i want to do i want to take make this my um what am i trying to say um uh, da, 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 da. Your specialty. <laughs> um yeah yeah does, it, does he just help you guide you in that or is it a case of he says right lads or gals we're we're doing this um go take go focus on this do you know what, do you know what, that was absolutely awfully put but um <laughs> or is it like a scout merit badge system or no i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it could be like that i mean no I, it's more like um it's treating it like an ma i guess so it's sort of right. like right. You're, you're, you're creating your you're creating your own work and your own body of of stuff anyway right. and yeah they're there to sort of guide you through work you've already made it's not so much right. like they'll give you projects or um i see yeah that's kind of the they'll be directing your portfolio that you've already sort of you already have created and you're you're sort of at the level desirably at the level where you're trying to breach into that industry but not maybe not quite there mm. yet and yeah giving that kind of guidance from people that are in the industry that um could help and yeah yeah nice one so, so what is that for you at the moment then what are you working on at the moment man um so at the moment um i'm working on the trip stuff so a lot of the stuff i shot okay. on the trip in the last three years has been um there's a mass amount of stuff to go through and sort of um sift and edit and work out what works with what so at the moment i've currently got a huge white um kind of uh sort of a one size equivalent on photoshop of all my images tiny kind of thumbnails wow. and i'm kind of um pairing them together and working out what works with what and working out what i like and what i don't like and, and then i send i'll send an edit to harry and then he'll send it back going, this is, I like this. I think this is, so at the moment he's kind of guiding me on, on this project a bit. And then, um, I think once when we're, we're sort of finished with that, um, when I've 
finalized it um that might that will be going out to potential um magazines or um yeah we're not sure where it's going but at the moment it's sort of being developed yeah. and and then also alongside that i'm working on a project that i've just started about uh let's say about a month ago um when we went into lockdown and i wanted to start making some new work in in bristol so i ended up doing quite a sort of local project um about a park that's down the road from well not about a park but the people that are in the park let's say and um, community parks just, yeah it's just like a documentation of the people that are sort of using the park and there's a there's a rough theme for um the end of year show well not end of year show end of year um group show that we're having that's going to be sort of in a magazine format or online format yeah. Um, and that's going to sort of consist, that's going to sort of feature the work that we're all creating at the moment. Um, mm. We've got a rough theme of, we've got a rough theme of community. So we're all working on this idea of, you know, what, what is community for, for us as photographers and how our work relates to that. Yeah. And so um, having just moved to Bristol, I, I sort of thought, um, you know, this is a new community that I'm part of. I kind of want to get to know it through photography in a way. Yeah. Um, so yeah that's the newest thing i'm working it's really cool man you, alongside the other you seem to care a lot about like people in the community and you use kind of the photography as a way to kind of you know promote that and it's it's a really good thing you're doing a really cool thing mate i think it's, um, it's all it's i very... find it really interesting how you use that artistic skill set to actually that's that's the language that you're using to engage with the world like mm. not so much like you know a scene or something that's easy to hook on but literally i'm going to take this artistic journey and that is going to be the vehicle by which i meet people by which i come to understand this environment that's really interesting from viewpoint of a i guess sort of an artistic approach if you will a sort of creative practice like is that is that formed through just coming from a family of photographers from, from just taking pictures on holiday or is there a wider creative lesson there do you know what i mean is there something do you know what i mean i think it's a mixture of things interestingly um i think it's something that i've come to learn um through photography and, and learning and developing my skills within it but um it, yeah i think it also comes from from family sort of background as well in, in terms of my family because when i was younger my um my dad set up a business that was um it was called party paparazzis basically and they would um sort of be events kind of documentary style um shooting but in, in like you'd be in a, a paparazzi style outfit and you'd like roll up a red carpet and it was very sort of humorous and you'd have to sort of engage with the audience with, with the um people that are coming to the event we did a lot of sort of corporate events in london but also private events but um it came from the idea of wanting to for him to want to um do events photography but in a bit more of an fun engaging way and as a very young kind of teenager i was must have been about 14 15 he he kind of not dragged me along but kind of got me involved <laughs> in it and said look i need i need an extra person to document it so from a very young age i think i became quite confident with approaching people um and sort of ph photographing them and kind of wanting to understand them through photography and what that kind of relationship has you know creatively um so yeah i guess it's kind of formed through through that a little bit but then also yeah i think probably more so that curiosity that comes with uh, my interest to do with photography 
Mm. So, like yeah. you said, you know, engaging with people and wanting to get to know them. I think, I think the, the thing I love about photography so much is that I can use it as a tool to um, sort of discover um, communities or people that I find interesting and that I want to get to know more mm. about and kind of create a work around. You know, something totally. that I wouldn't normally be able to access. Mm. Yeah, totally. Um, Using it as a tool, I think it's quite interesting to sort of create a, a workaround, and yes, it's a process, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah, very cool. <laughs> yeah, really cool. It's very important as well because it's, it's it takes people like yourself um, to to teach to people about other communities and teach people about um, you know because you're able to quickly. I was actually got on that topic actually about things like social media and that things like Instagram and that are built for like photo photos and stuff like that. Is is that something that you use as a tool to kind of get your your stuff out, or, or do you find that it's not um, it's not all like kind of what it cracks up to be and stuff like that? Do you know what I mean? What's what's your best way of kind of getting your your work out, your body of work out there? What, what platforms do you like? Yeah, to um, I definitely would would be drawn towards. Instagram, I think, because it's predominantly a sort of uh, image-based platform, mm-hmm. so it it um it bodes well for sort of photographers and image makers because it is so visual. Um, but I've I've kind of been reluctant to want to go too near it in the past, just because I I have sort of um I don't know whether whether I thought it was a healthy relationship to sort of be focusing on it too much. Yeah, um, but I think in in the recent recent couple of years, I've realised that it's a good tool to use if you use it in the right way. Absolutely, yeah. If you're going on there to sort of um, showcase and use it as a portfolio, basically to showcase mm-hmm. what you are doing, what you're presenting to the world, it's it's basically a yeah an online portfolio, and that's kind of how I tend to use it. Um, yeah, I'm wanting to be putting on my best work, and I think only in the last year or so i've started to think actually i need to sort of be using it more yeah um i'm I'm trying to actually do that now i'm trying to sort of um get all my work off my hard drives and various places and sort of re-edit them and get them into a position where i can present them again as a body of work and use instagram as a tool portfolio to to do that so yeah i think i think it's a really good tool if you use it in the right way absolutely i've I've always had a love-hate relationship with things like that as well and it's you know but it, but you can learn from it you know there's there's like the Na- national Ge- national geographic um like i think his name's paul killen or something I, I i i i i'm sorry if that's wrong but there's photographers on there that you can you know you you're stri- you're caught by the the image and then there's some information about the the animal and its habitats or you know or the the person in its commu- community uh, do you know what i mean you can learn quite a lot about it and it's mm. with the right image you really can say a lot um and that is the way we people uh, absorbing information now um so yes in the right way it can be used um yeah well but it's also it could be a very poisonous horrible <laughs> horrible thing at the same time uh, so I, th- I think it's an interesting tool to use for storytelling like you said like with the national geographic yeah. you know there's important stories to be told sometimes socially or um, environmentally and um i think it's a brilliant tool for that and there's a lot of great platforms on instagram that are telling great stories and great narratives and um, doing great things. And there's also a lot of other stuff on there that's just terrible. But, you know, it's like the world that we live in. There's good and bad. And absolutely, there's, there's interesting stuff. There's other stuff that isn't so much interesting. And you kind of have to sift through it and use it at the right way for that's, you know, beneficial for you and kind of how it um, can help you out, I guess. Absolutely. Otherwise, if, only if we didn't do that, I'd just be filled up with numpties um, promoting muppetry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So um, 
yeah hey demit how do you how do you um because the idea of this podcast we're going to try to like talk about how people stay creative and how we kind of stay inspired um is is there any is, is there any like anything that keeps you motivated or keeps you inspired re- anything that's re- like particularly re-inspires you or has re-inspired you recently or because and you know i think at the moment it's hard for people to to take in what's going on around them and feel and feel productive um etc and kind of keep those creative juices flowing um is there anything that you found or come across that that, that that's done that for you um yeah I, I i mean i guess it's it's sort of having it's having so much time on our hands i mean we, I, I feel like a lot of people or i should say i'm in that category of being able to have the luxury of time um yeah yeah at the moment which which for me turns into kind of creativity in a way um mm-hmm. i think in 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 our normal lives we tend to be distracted by lots of stimulus and um i think the part of the one of the good things that has maybe come out of this lockdown if you're looking at it in positive light is it's given us a lot of time to reflect on what we're doing in our lives and maybe giving a lot of people a bit of extra time to sort of think about um certain parts of their life and i think maybe for me it was it it gave me quite a bit of time when we initially came back anyway um because we came back without having any accommodation we just um, moved straight back into molly's parents so we we were looking for a place as soon as the lockdown started so we were lucky in the fact that we didn't have to pay rent straight away so that gave us time to think about um you know what what is the next stage of our life going to be and we just we just closed a huge chapter in our life yeah and we were starting a new one so i think for us it was a bit of a finish and start new chapter so we were we were kind of thinking okay and we had a lot of time as well on our hands and lots of people did so we thought well a lot of creativity came out of that almost um, boredom in a way, in, but boredom yeah. in a good sense in that we had so much extra time that we thought, well, what are the possibilities of our future? What, what could it look like? And I think yeah. um, there was a stage, there was a stage in the lockdown where me and Molly were job hunting, but also thinking creatively about um, different ideas and things that we could do. And I think there was yeah, a moment I- when we, we just moved just moved to Bristol, I think, and we were we knew that we were paying rent or having to pay rent pretty soon, and we only had so much money. So, and the job market was pretty horrendous. So, I think yeah. I was talking to her actually this morning. We were saying I think um, lots of creativity comes out of um, sort of almost uh, kind of uh, what's the right word? I guess adversity. Well, adversity, yeah, or kind of. Um, yeah, exactly. Adversity. Yeah. Almost like panic. Almost like panic. Well, I, challenge. Something like. Yeah, challenge. Yeah. Challenge. Like I, I think a lot of that actually. I think there's a lot to be said about how. Yeah, I, I've always said, a life without challenge is a life ill spent. Like, if you know, and just looking at what you did with your three year journey, and like you know, there's clearly you have a, a certain amount of need to challenge yourself and you know find a a kind of journey through that and and it seems like that challenge in itself is the like fuel that pushes forward your art if you see what i mean yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah i think i think that that's the case i mean it is it is tough in in these times definitely but um to be creative and um but yeah i think we've just tried to sort of give it our best shot and and sort of setting up this um we we set up a small business recently, and that was. That oh, is this uh, is this the Groovebox thing? 
that yeah. what it's called? Tell me a bit more about that. Tell us a bit more. That's super interesting. Yeah, so that, that was the, the kind of example I'm thinking of, actually, the, you know, the most recent thing that came out of a kind of adversity, kind of feeling of needing to do something uh, creatively and um, also just for money. You know, we, we both were jobless, so we thought, well, you know, what we literally, I was applying for different jobs, even just jobs down the local pub. And um, two days later, the pub shut. So it was just that <laughs> moment where we thought, can we, can we turn this kind of slight feeling of panic and kind of despair into like something good. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had that a lot on our trip and you're, you're interesting what you said a minute ago about the trip. And there was a lot of times in, in the trip where we, we struggled on the road and we struggled mm-hmm. to sort of keep going and stay motivated. Um, and, and I think a lot of the, the, the sort of teaching ourselves through that and constant positivity and realizing that you're going to be fine mm. in the end, which mm-hmm. we had to sort of pound into us again and again on all those rainy days or nights we didn't sleep or uh, times we couldn't find, you know, food or water, or just any, any struggling times that we had on the trip. And there were plenty of those mm. times. You, you learn to sort of cultivate this grit, I guess, of just perseverance and just, yeah. you know, um, just kind of cracking on with something. Resilience. Resilience and perseverance. So there's two words that I think are a big one for me as well. Just persevering and, and perspective as well. Just kind of, you can, you look at things in the right angle. You can always find the, the light in something um, and utilize that because obviously creativity does come from the darker side of a personality, mm. but I mean, you can, you can turn that into something beautiful, quite qu- qu- not, not easily, but it is possible. And, you know, um, <laughs> It's um yeah I think I think obviously having staying fit as well I suppose or do you do you do anything like that keeping fit or do you like do any any practice any thing that keeps you healthy in the mind uh, or um yeah well that's the funny thing as well isn't it you know I mean we can't go to gym yeah we can't I used to love um, rock climbing and I was so excited to um, come back and I was I was the whole time I was away I was yearning to sort of go to a climbing gym and go rock climbing and you know mm. as soon as I came back all the gyms closed and mm. um, although I was I was more of a gym rock climbing gym climber as opposed to climbing on rocks out and about but I yeah I missed that a lot so um, yeah. I think coming back I've had to sort of adapt and pick up jogging and um, obviously cycling and stuff as well so yeah. it's interesting yeah, running and cycling Mm. It's interesting that they're saying that um, they're still going to be doing an Olympics this summer of some description, even if it's behind closed doors. Because, I mean, you know, I've I've been on quite a kick just because I, I broke my arm early in, in 2020 and then lockdown and that was coming off a fairly traumatic period before that. So I put on a lot of weight. So there's been quite a big kind of focus on actually just being able to walk again because i'm a bit older than everyone else so getting out and getting extra i say that every podcast don't i everything i'm a bit older than everyone else <laughs> yeah. i've just classic- edited the last episode and that was literally the point that i just left it off on you going i'm a bit older than everyone else <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i have to keep saying it and i tell you it's it is a thing um right will before you go any further how old are you just uh, let's just put it out there. I'm I'm 42. I'm not that much older than everyone else, but a bit. <laughs> oh well, all right. Quite. Cause I feel like for, for for the record now, it's 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 out there. What am it's I like? There. What am I like? 15 years older than everyone else. So a generational, yeah, a generation basically. older than yeah. There guys. you go. So there, there you go. go. And and so as you know, um, 
I come, I, Hayden, I come from a background very much of rock and roll touring and I'm a sound engineer by trade. That's sort of the the main bulk of my work through my life. So I've, I've gone through very much the technical side of facilitating arts and live music and live events over a specific artist's career. And actually just through various events over recent time and pivoting more into an arts career, um, partly through the work that I'm doing with, you know, with Dave and our Ollie here and, and partly through other things that kind of are coming through this. So I really recognise the idea of trying to create uh, a performance, and, and, and I'm certain Ollie and Dave understand this too from touring, that idea of going out, taking your craft and doing something with it out and about although obviously from a touring perspective it's a slightly different it's not so much a creation thing as it is an exploiting the creative process by seeing audiences and sharing that music but it's a it's an interesting thing uh, what you say about the idea of grit and resilience because you know so many of the people that I've met through that world are are still doing exactly the same thing just pivoted just different just doing mm. a podcast you know, putting out yeah, that yeah. <laughs> idea of, you know, where do we go from here? What next? It's yeah, it's definitely a resilience thing. Yeah, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask Ollie, what are you? How are you finding it in, in in this kind of strange year that that we've had? If I can, ask. How, how how am I finding it? I mean, it's it's tough, man. I mean, it's like it's it's the, the first year with the first summer you're like okay this this is interesting the gigs have stopped but it might it might be over by the next year so you're thinking oh wow let's just write some music for this year let's because we had a hot summer so we we're like and i just got back from india the christmas before and had a lovely tour like we had in the tour in the whole year before that so i was in really good spirits last last year um and then like obviously it doesn't and then you hit christmas and then now we're in this but and it's just, i feel like we're in a bit of groundhog day so it did take a while for me to snap my shit together um and but since christmas i have stopped drinking i've stopped smoking i'm feeling a little bit more uh together which is good of oh, this podcast wouldn't have come to fruition if i hadn't have kind of you know had the the wit wit about me to just kind of talk to the lads and just get things done sometimes it's just starting stuff isn't it and i think like you're saying with this time we have now i've been able to just look back and think okay what do i want to be doing if, if the that can't the 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 the, the uh the incident can't affect and things like writing music, becoming a little bit more, you know, educated with, with by reading, a little bit spending a little bit more time with my mum when I can. Um, do you know what mm. I mean? Just being a better friend and just like, just kind of preparing myself to hit the ground running. Um, and it's the same, not just me, but for the band. I've been doing a little more solo stuff. I've just been trying to keep busy and um, try and keep creative. And my creativity is what I've used to just just to, as a as a, a remedy for for many of things um Do you know what i'm going to mention it just because we were talking about it earlier Ollie. but your yeah. one shots that you're doing on insta at the moment i actually feel a lot of resonance between those and you going and exploring your environment with songs that you love songs that you clearly have a, a tie and a a sense to uh, and for those of you listening that haven't seen it it's basically just ollie goes out with someone following him with a camera presumably one of your housemates you go and find a little bit of of your local area that has an amazing acoustic and you play a song that you love in it and there's a little bit yeah. of jokiness and a little bit of a yeah. oh let's go and for me that's a similar kind of like almost auditory equivalent to the photography 
idea that we were talking about a moment ago, Hayden, that idea of taking your art and using it to explore your your actual real world, which I yeah, think is something absolutely. that with the slowing down, people are more able to do. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And that's it. It's They're just kind of... <laughs> I wouldn't have thank, thank you, mate. I appreciate it. Um, and it's something I wouldn't have done because I've been I've been obviously singing and playing guitar since I was like bloody ten years old. Mm. Um, uh, you wouldn't think it by hearing me play guitar, but I have been playing guitar for that long. That is absolutely um, true. <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely I've been, you know, I've really I've really enjoyed doing that sort of thing my whole life. Um, been a musician my whole life, but I've been focused so much energy into bear jams, which has been great, and it's been my family and my my bread and butter for, for years. Um, but having this time away from the band has actually made me think, do you know what, I can write other songs. I mean, I've written stuff mm. for library music and that, and that's been fine, but it's not been something I've been able to... It's been top-lining for songs that I haven't actually had much of the writing process. I haven't had, added much to the writing process. But now yeah. I've just been able to sit here on my guitar and play stuff that I wouldn't, you know, um, have come up with, I don't think, or put yeah. attention into if, if I hadn't had this time. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually blessed about, about that. And I think, you know, as long as this pandemic does end eventually people will hopefully if they if they utilize this time in the right way we'll be able to come out of it um hit the ground running um and you know we're heavily mentioning the incident this i know i know we i, know. I, I feel we're, i feel we're gonna I, need I, some I kind feel of like it's, it's something incident you can't, we can't really uh, we can't <laughs> really escape it yeah no, it's a great conversation we escape it really it's impossible yeah it is it totally is and, and especially at the moment i think um i think right now um as we're recording this, um, I think this has been a particularly deep and emotional time for everyone because I think I think there's been a lot of um, you know not trying to alarm people as we've moved through this time, and I think we're all starting to now, from a viewpoint of people listening to this podcast in the future, from a documentary point of view right now is very much you know i think we're potentially reaching the halfway point potentially past the halfway point but the uncertainty of where we are at the moment is beginning to really come home for a lot of people who are realizing you know that potentially look if we're going to mention the incident let's go in glastonbury got cancelled this week you know for a lot of people that was I'm, I mean, do you know what? I'm actually, I'm actually feeling tears in my eyes saying that <laughs> in this context. But for a lot you know, of people, you know what, the though, idea. I, I think I, I personally, I feel like if I, I, it's probably more to it than this. But if Glastonbury had, like other festivals, I'm not really sure until they until they say that they've cancelled or not. If they went ahead with it, started booking, selling tickets, getting everything built, and building this kind of you know massive mm. landscape that is Glastonbury. And then if they had to pull out last minute and potentially went bankrupt and we'd never see a Glastonbury again. Yeah. I've, although it's it's really, really horrible to, to know that I'm not going to be there this year. Um, yeah. I've, I'd, I'd rather probably, there was a Glastonbury. Most, 100%. Yeah. I think most festivals, unless something drastic happens before the spring and summer, I think it's going to be the same. And yeah. do you know what? I've, I've sort of made peace with that, knowing that the chances next year are so much more probable than this year. If we I mean, if I'm honest, I kind of made peace with this back in May when I first started seriously putting wheels in motion on my lockdown business, which is the gig at the end of the world 
for yep. your information, Hayden. Like this is the sort of thing that I've been doing, which is a virtual reality online gig environment. That's the idea. Um, and when I first started that and first started pitching it and talking about it to friends in the intellectual property licensing end of the business, they were like, yeah, that's never going to fly because the industry is going to be open again in three months and, and it's all going to be fine. And people genuinely were like treating me like I was a bit mad for thinking it was a good idea for doing. And I kind of poked at it a bit and pushed it along and I'm so glad that I did because now it's a thing that's putting out live music one of the few sort of operating gigs in the country and it's not making any money and it may not do this year but it might do it may make money this year it's also (laughs) going it goes back to um to what we kind of touched on earlier you know it was creative through necessity and through Mm. adversity yeah and it is like the prime example you know I I was going to bring this up earlier um I do you know what it's been a really horrible time for creatives for everyone just having to, to you know stay in and their whole lives have changed and everyone's living in fear and you, you know the story but I feel like the some of the creative material that is coming out and will come out as a result of this is as exciting as the prospect of the whole thing being over you know it's although it's horrible I can't yeah. wait for stuff to if the people have been sat at home sitting on writing, brewing, getting ready, you know, whilst they have the time to do so, whether they've been furloughed or just having the extra time to to be able to do it. It's it's that whole thing of creative through adversity is what Absolutely. I, I think as well though we're seeing it a little bit on a societal level. Like the TikTok sea shanty thing that happened the other week. Yeah, like, I, I love it. I love it. I mean, I do too. It's beautiful. <laughs> like it. the three hours of sea shanties intimate. Like it's <laughs> it's completely unique to right now. But there's a deeper element of it because obviously a lot of people are talking about the place that these sea shanties existed in history, which was that it was a way in which people would uniform mass workers in a nautical setting, and it has a direct take from how slave gangs were run in uh you know during that period and mass workers where they would sing and have a call and response and emotion that would happen on certain things and the Mm. time signatures of sea shanties are all based around like doing physical acts of pulling and tugging but there's a deeper poetic thing within the mystique of what a sea shanty is because in real terms these were uh, the the things that were sung by hard men in difficult environments and the reality is for a lot of people working in those environments the last thing that would pass their lips as they drowned at sea would be the sea shanty to pull up the sail to try and save their lives so it has this kind of this kind of colonial connection this kind of connection to a, a darkness and 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 but also to hope to the possibility that the sail might get up and or or down or whatever is needed to survive that storm and i find that incredibly resonant in yeah. in this time particularly yeah oh, that's I interesting ever, i never ever thought of a tiktok trend like a sea shanty you've got a spot on but it's it's just I never even thought about it like that until you just brought it up. That no. is, yeah. I just Spot I just on. see four blokes that are absolutely stacked, one shorter than the others, <laughs> with a beer in hand. That's all I think of We're... now. It's a shame. <laughs> so, but going back to Groovebox, though, um, Hayden, mate. So, what what actually is Groovebox? Then it's um it's it's well, yeah. What actually is it, man? To people that don't know. Basically, yeah. Basically, it's um it's kind of a, a lino printing kit. So it's completely environmentally friendly. So it's been thought about in terms of um, environmental environmentally conscious 
yeah so we found a lot of a lot of the kits um had a lot of plastic in and um, so it was something that we felt like we wanted to create on the side of the of the box but basically it's a box that you that you um that you get through the post and it's got uh, everything you need in it to create your own lino blocks and it's got um a screen printing ink and a little dabbler and a, a dabber to dab on the um block and the card and you basically print onto six cards which we include in it and everything is kind of um, recycled environmentally friendly ask and then also you get like a little um help sheet guide that we've created with my sister as um she's an illustrator so she designed the little pictures that go on it and help you um yeah work out how, how the hell to do it when you first get it <laughs> i i have i have to say i've actually been lucky enough to have a go on it and my design nothing like the stuff you lot come out with i mean <laughs> you're all fantastic artists print, i've I seen your designs ollie i think they're great thanks mate <laughs> you're very kind <laughs> but i think i think so it kind of it kind of was born out of um we got a bit of inspiration from uh another group of guys that were doing a similar box but to do with pottery so yeah, of, right. with with all the pottery studios you know shutting and all the workshops being closed everyone suddenly just couldn't they couldn't do pottery so um i think this kind of niche market popped up with um being able to sort of make pottery at home with air dry clay and we kind of were inspired to think well what other workshops are not sort of open and available to help teach people to start these do these new skills or uh, yeah so we thought well let's let's create something where you know we can help people discover a new skill and get into something new and um get get creative i guess a, a little bit in not relating to lockdown so much but no um, well, so i think in general, but um, I think at the moment, yeah, everyone needs, um, like we were talking about earlier, creativity, you know, to, to help us. Absolutely. Funny. Very powerful tool. Yeah, so that's basically what we've been doing. It's only been going a month at the moment, <laughs> but fingers crossed it will go well. No, nah, yeah, mate. Fingers crossed it does, mate. Because it's um, I mean, you, it's funny because you you started this and then you both became both yourself and Molly became mad busy with other little bits. So it's all everything kind of. <laughs> Molly got a new job and then you, yeah. um, but but yeah, I mean, we'd love to get you both on, mate, and talk about your uh, again at some point to talk about your trip. Um, you know the, the I would love, love trip. to go in depth on that because like, that that's a, that's a, a whole yeah that's a whole conversation in itself, Aiden. Um, um, but yeah, so. Yeah, where can we where can we find your work then? That you're already doing where can we where can we what are your handles so people can have a little look look at what you do. So at the moment, I am on uh, Instagram at Hayden underscore Ward underscore Streeter, um, and you can find I have also got a website with the same name, and that is that are my channels at the moment. And regarding Groovebox, you can find that. Uh, um, on Instagram, which is Groovebox, spelled G-R-U-U-V-E, box, and um, Cycle for Love is is on um, Instagram as well. So if you want to check out some of the updates, more past updates, um, or to do with our trip or anything to do with it, you can you can check out cycleforlove.com or on Instagram as well. So yeah, that's all the channels for you. <laughs> Happy days. Happy I'm days. Straight for Cycle in Love. Oh, it looks amazing. I mean, yeah, it's very cool. Very cool stuff. Following that right away. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys want to ask Adam? I can't. Do you know what? I've, I'm I'm really interested in from viewpoint of your sort of visual career. Now you mentioned there that you have a sister, and your sister is also in uh, uh, works in professional 
graphic design um and obviously has a visual uh artistic tendency is that is it just you two are there other siblings yeah it's just just me and my sister yeah so. and uh, generally in your family are you all because obviously your dad's got a, a background in photography are you quite visual people like are you also into music or film or you know as a family or do you find that like it's more a visual thing um definitely i mean yeah in terms of my family definitely um my mum was she set up her own business her graphic design company when she was younger and um so did my dad actually so they both had creative backgrounds in graphic design um and then also yeah of course like you've mentioned my sister she's an illustrator so that's her whole world basically and she's mm. yeah i guess been inspired by our sort of family to be creative it's interesting to see a, a family craft like that. It's it's actually kind of beautiful. It really yeah. is, isn't it? Mm. It's yeah, awesome. but like you say, also music and film. You know, we we love all elements of the sort of creative world. And um, my partner Molly, um, it's big. Her her um her mum's an actor, so we watch a lot of a lot of good films and um, mm. music as well. So yeah, I'm interested in in the lot in the works. I saw Pippa on the TV the other day. Actually, I was like, hey, look at her. Yeah. Yeah, Bridgerton. Oh. Yeah, right. Bridgerton. Yeah, amazing. Um, what, on on that note, though, what what are you listening to at the moment? Because obviously we're musicians, we're going to have to bring in a bit of music. Is there anything good you're listening to at the moment? <laughs> um, yeah, what am I listening to? Um, got me on the spot there. Ah, well, we go, we were going to go see um, Courtney, uh, Katie J. Pearson. Uh, which the gig has been moved back to, hasn't it? Because of yeah, I know all what's going on. But we were meant to go see that, see her in Bristol. Yeah, I know. It's a shame. Um, I've been listening to a lot of a lot of idols, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. a Bristol-based band. They've got a gig at the Boiler Room on Saturday, I think. That should be cool. Is it streamed gig? Yeah, being streamed from the Boiler Room live oh, wow. for Independent Venue Week, which will be awesome. Oh, brilliant. I think it's a. I think there's a ticket wall. I think it's a few quid, but it's a. It's going. It's all going to a rocking good cause. <laughs> yeah, I was listening earlier actually on Sticks Music. They were they were um, talking about that independent venue week should be should be interesting one. Yeah, yeah. There's I'm, a lot uh, going on with that. There's, we yeah. were talking about that before we were on air. It's kicking off at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's all super interesting in a <laughs> in a number of ways in that camp. Um, I am also uh, interested on the subject of ivw actually i've really gotten through it into arlo parks i mean she's everywhere at the moment she's got an album out this week i think and yeah i've been super into that yeah, a lot as well, yeah. and i've I, and also um like from that sort of sleaford mod stable i've been quite into that kind of stuff just sort of la- a laptop and someone chatting kind of vibe but billy no mates as well i've I really got into i shot a gig of hers uh, that I just she blew me away. I was just the stuff's considering it is a vocal and a laptop, it's super vibrant. It's really it's really arrestingly and artistically interesting as a live product, which if you have it described to you, you probably wouldn't necessarily affect, uh, expect coming from a sort of traditional musical background as we are. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Dave? What am I listening to? Yeah. <laughs> Where um, am I? <laughs> No, um, do you know what the I've I've discovered? I watched Soul on Disney Plus, and oh yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I loved it. I didn't realise that John Batiste was the um, the man behind the piano 
and I've just been checking out a load of his stuff and oh, yeah. it's very like jazzy mm. funky um it's great man if he I'd, I'd highly recommend it um I don't know just a, a bit of this bit of that I, do you know the problem is I um I'm constantly I'm, I'm a bit obsessive with a lot of things and music is is one of them and uh, what I'll do is I will trawl the internet and Spotify for any new music that I can find and I've got this playlist that I've just compounded all of these tunes on and I'm because I'm constantly searching for new stuff it's just a whole you know there's so many so so much different stuff on there Are you I doing that on Spotify? Yeah. Yeah, you, you should totally share that playlist. I've yeah, got all of my friends have playlists like that and we all kind of share them. And to be honest, I don't really have one because I just listen to everyone else's. Um, a I little was thinking plug as well. I, I am also the curator of the Bear Jam's Favourite Flavours playlist, which is out on every Monday. So if you want to have a listen to, uh, to what kind of inspires us and what I've kind of picked for the week, you can do on Spotify, type in Bear Jams, it's on our favourite flavours and like I said, every Monday. I'm going in on that. Dave, you're I'm a hell of a guy. Right now, actually. Big it's, ups, uh, Dave. <clears throat> I was thinking actually maybe we should create a, a eventually like a podcast playlist where the, where we ask the guests what what bands they're into and then we put a little playlist yeah, together man, there. That's oh, a good, that's a good awesome. shout. Yeah, that's a good. So, time. so we've got idols. What any any other any other artist? Because I, t- I tell you what, Hayden, mate, you you brought me onto Salt um, S A U L T. They're awesome. Yeah, they were really good. Um, they've they've been absolutely formidable this year. They've released, I think, two album, three albums in in one year or something. And then wow. the, the two out the two recent ones were back to back in between two two or three months in between each other, which is incredible. Um, yeah, it's good, really good guys to watch. I think, like, yeah, creating some really serious stuff at the moment. I mean, that's is considering the situation everyone's in. I mean, they that's not slowed them down in the slightest. Well, this is, this is what I mean. <laughs> this is what I was talking about earlier. Like, it's so exciting to see what people have generated from having so much spare time mm. and the and the resources to record at home or to get into a studio. Like, it's it's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, that's basically what my project is. <laughs> the yeah. maximum you can get into in a house. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Without any fines coming your way. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's work. It's work. Life, <laughs> it is work. Oh, it is work. It is work, the- guys. I'll tell you something, that um, a, a musical thing that's come across my radar this week that I was super into that I wanted to share. Um, it's, do you guys, have you ever come across uh, Fordy, Andrew Ford? Yeah, He's like yeah, you know Andrew Ford. Yeah, yeah. love you. He uh, he he plays uh, under the. Well, he plays uh, every instrument going. Oh, he does. He's really talented, but he also plays a lot of world music instruments. And he under his uh, and actually, I'm hoping to do some stuff with him for gig at the end of the world. But under his uh, world music uh, composer's name of Inner Pieces. Yeah. He has um, done a collab with a really great TV composer. Well, sort of film and TV called Sean Tin- uh, Tinian. And he's Australian and it's, they've done it all by correspondence. But it's basically like an orchestra and uh, Fordy also plays like um, like this Indian sort of flute. Th- it's just stunning. It's called yeah, The Calling and it's just fantastic. It's really worth a listen. Yeah, sweet, man. Really worth a listen. Happy days. Well, well Hayden, we, mate. Uh, should we wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, thank you so much for coming and having a chat with us, mate. We really appreciate it, man. 
Yeah, it is. No worries at all, man. Um, everyone, make sure you check him out. Uh, he's he's a talented bloke and a just an all-round lovely lad. Um, and we'll get himself and the awesome Molly on again to talk about Cycle for Love. But, dude, you've been awesome. Thanks very much, mate. Happy days. Ciao, everyone. You've been listening to The Podcast Will Not Be Televised. Your host was Ollie Coombs, and it also featured Dave the Bass Tyler and Will Is This Thing Pat Tested Fenton.